Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health and Happiness at Work. This podcast is for busy working adults trying to figure out how to better take care of themselves and others. My name is Katie, and I will be your host. We are here today because adulting is hard and because busy working adults spend more time at work than anywhere else. We're going to have real conversations about real life and most importantly, swing into action on the biggest opportunities. We're going to talk about ways to layer health, fitness, and wellness directly into your workday so that you feel fantastic. I cannot wait to dive deeper into each of these topics related to health and happiness. You are not alone. Welcome to episode one, also known as Adulting is Hard, the deep dive. (laughs) So I like to say that life happens. There are amazing, beautiful things that happen in life. We get married, we have babies, we fall in love, we buy a house, we celebrate, all the things, yeah? And there's also really hard stuff, you know, really hard stuff that all of us potentially go through. And some of it is maybe more common than others. You know, maybe there's divorce or separation. Maybe someone is sick and you're their caregiver. Maybe you are navigating something related to your own mental health. This can look a lot of different ways. Inevitably, we lose people that we love. I have been grieving myself for the last couple of years. So I like to say that life happens and we can have a little bit of a different conversation, I think, around stress with this mindset of life happens. There will always be beautiful things to celebrate and there will always be challenging things to navigate and overcome because we are living creatures. And if you look at the characteristics of living creatures, they go through change and are forced to adapt potentially to changing surroundings and environment. So it is our nature to change, but oftentimes change is super uncomfortable or difficult and Again, we're going to talk about stress a little bit differently in these episodes. I anticipate slightly differently than you've talked about stress before. I like to say, expect stress. I was talking to a colleague of mine who happens to be a psychologist. We were talking about stress and how to talk to teens and kids about stress. And where we landed is this simple phrase of expect stress. I don't say that to be Debbie Downer. I say that because life happens. I say that because we cannot control all scenarios. Obviously, there are always things in our life that we can control and influence, but there are a number of things that are beyond our control. So I actually think it's a healthy mindset and a healthy perspective to remember that life happens and to expect stress. From there, we absolutely will dive into ways we can navigate the tough stuff and how we can bounce back from the demands of work and home. So I think that's a great place to go next. We have so many demands on our plate personally and professionally, right? So this podcast is for busy working adults. So we are making the assumption that you are working in some way while trying to navigate All of the other demands at home, potentially children, potentially being a caregiver, and 
oh yeah, and then you're supposed to take care of yourself along the way. So what I hear people saying is, how do I take care of myself and others? Oh yeah, and get after my goals. I am oftentimes working with people who are frustrated. They're frustrated because they want to eat better or different. They're frustrated because they want to move more and figure out a fitness routine that sticks. I'm working with people who want to lose weight, but they're super frustrated. I'm working with people who are not sleeping well. I'm working with people who are caregivers and parents. And again, all these people are trying to figure out how do I get where I want to be? You know, so I often say, no one has to travel that road alone, right? Like, look at celebrities. They have a whole team of people, a whole arsenal of support staff. And I acknowledge that that is not typical, right? It is not typical to have a chef and a trainer and all of those things. That said, there is a way to support yourself and to lean on others in your network, in your family, friends, colleagues, so that you're not trying to go that road alone. So we're going to talk a lot about that. What can it look like to layer health and happiness into the workday? What does support look like? What are small steps that you can take on a daily basis to get where you want to be? Because what I hear is that people are frustrated. People want a different outcome. And, you know, what's that saying? The, the definition of insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over again the same way and expecting a different result. So we are going to be talking at length in these episodes about things like mindset and motivation and what has to shift to produce a better or different outcome and what are some winning ways to change or evolve how you talk to yourself. We're going to look at so many different things as we dive into some of these hot topics together. As the name of this podcast alludes to, we are really going to focus on two big aspects of wellness, health and happiness. Why did I land here? I landed here because having good health allows us to live and enjoy life to the fullest. Obviously, there can be changes to health that are beyond our control. Absolutely possible. There are, however, so many different variables related to health that we can positively influence. And that's really what we'll be focusing on. You know, when we look at physical, mental, emotional health, there are opportunities to create positive change. And when you feel like a million bucks, when you have awesome energy, when you feel like you're sleeping well, eating well, moving more, that is going to open up so many doors for you to enjoy life in whatever way is meaningful to you. We also talk about happiness. Happiness is something that I think everyone can get on board with. Like if I, if I were to go and, and talk to potential clients and say, I want to help you with health and happiness, I don't think anybody's going to look at me and say, that's a bad idea. I think we can all get aligned and on board with the idea that health and happiness are two positive outcomes and two highly valuable places to spend our time and energy. Yeah, so we are talking about the science of happiness. And oftentimes people will say, man, can you really influence happiness? Absolutely, absolutely. Researchers have been studying this for a long time. So what is happiness? You know, if we were to oversimplify the definition, it would be emotional contentment, right? Feeling good in that way. 
And what we have learned, again, through research, is that people generally have a happiness set point, a place where they tend to be, if happiness were a spectrum, right? A place where they tend to hang out. And then these life events happen. Something beautiful happens, like we said. Somebody gets married, has a baby. There's some high, some major life high. And so your happiness might actually increase during those life events. And then there might be a life event that's a little bit more difficult or challenging, or you might feel a little stuck. And so then it could change. We find that the happiness set point allows you to bounce back a little bit. You'll generally return to this set point and that it can be increased over time. Again, not overnight, but over time. So we are not fixed creatures. We are not limited to where we are in the moment. We can always adapt and change. So we'll be coming back to that in just a moment. There's one author in particular, the author of The How of Happiness, and she looked at factors that determine happiness. And I think the outcome of this research might surprise you a little bit. She determined that happiness was dictated 50% by genetics, 40% by behavior, and 10% by circumstance. I thought this was pretty interesting. The circumstance category was significantly lower than I think most people would anticipate. I think a lot of times circumstance will drive an attitude or a belief, but this research actually found that it's 50% genetics, 40% behavior, 10% circumstance. So the way I interpret this is roughly 50% nature and 50% nurture. I like to say that we are not limited to our genetic destiny. Sure, we all have genetics. We all have genes that could express themselves at some point in our lifetime, but that does not need to define us. We really do have an amazing ability to influence our life and our outcomes through behavior. And that's really where I'm super fascinated is human behavior. Why do people do things? Why do people not do things? I get very, very excited learning about human behavior and why we do things. So that said, through our lifestyle, through choices, through daily practices, we absolutely can positively influence or shift our happiness. So researchers have been studying how can we influence happiness? And I just wanted to do a quick recap of that here before we go any further. Yes, happiness can be defined as emotional contentment, but there are also other variables that absolutely will support us. These include things like connection to our work, you know, doing work that is meaningful. It has to do with positive relationships, feeling connected to others. We'll talk a lot about social connection. Happiness is tied to having hobbies and leisure time and things that you love doing that put you into flow. And happiness is also tied to having a sense of purpose. So we'll talk at length about how to cultivate and connect purpose. Again, I love this idea of health and happiness because there is such a strong connection between the two. Health impacts happiness, happiness impacts health. And there are some fun ways that we can explore this today. You know, it's kind of a fun fact that the happiest people sleep on average about eight hours per night. I don't know if anybody has told you that before. I find that America is sleep deprived and not talking about it. <laughs> so there is just a huge opportunity for us to get more sleep and more rest. 
You know, we also know that physical activity, movement, it boosts endorphins. These are natural mood enhancers. The more we move, the better we feel. You know, most people are looking for a quick fix, especially when it comes to health and happiness. And if I were to offer you one quick fix, it is to get your body moving. Once we have blood and oxygen flowing, we also have those endorphins flowing. It is 10 out of 10 times likely to produce an immediate benefit. We don't have to wait six weeks to see the results. We can actually feel that lift in mood almost immediately. There's also a relationship between environment, health, and happiness. You know, people who are able to step into sunlight. We actually see an increase in serotonin when people get natural exposure to daylight. We know that foods, foods impact our health and happiness. And there's actually a a growing field of study related to food and mental health. We know that people who supplement with omega-3 fatty acids, they have a a decreased risk of uh, mental health disorders. So, so many interesting connections. And then finally, body language. I love talking about how postures and poses and your breathing, all of this can impact how you feel. It can impact your strength and enthusiasm and even smiling. Even smiling at a stranger is proven to produce some positive emotions. We like to say at Wellness Collective that emotions are contagious. So be careful what you're putting out because others might pick it up. You know, we really have to be mindful of how we show up in a situation because as humans, we are so, so wired to pick up on emotions and body language and so forth. So just a few fun examples about how health and happiness have this, have this correlation. So thus far, we have talked about adulting being hard. We've talked about the fact that life happens. We've talked about expecting stress. We've talked about the real demands of work and home. And I offer all of this up because you're not alone. If you're trying to figure it all out, how do I show up as my best version of myself at work and at home? You are not alone. Lots of people are trying to figure this out. And again, lots of people are operating from this place of frustration. And I just want to support with, again, navigating that and figuring out how your day can unfold better and different to support you in getting the results that you want, you know, related to health and happiness. So here we are. We've talked about health and happiness a little bit more specifically and this relationship between the two. Where I really want to go next is this idea that wellness is a process. Wellness is not something that you achieve it and you never have to touch it again, <laughs> right? I, I hate to offer this up, this statistic that I'm going to tell you, but you know there is evidence that even after just a couple of weeks of missing the gym, you know we start to see a decline in performance and a decline in physical fitness. So. Wellness is a process. It's something that requires time and attention and energy to continue experiencing the benefits. I also offer it up that it's a process, though, because people are so quick to abandon their efforts. I meet people all the time who will say, oh, man, I had a really bad day. I had a really bad week. I had a really bad month. I'll just start next month or I'll start next year. And This breaks my heart a little bit because it doesn't have to be that way. I think it's really easy to fall into this all or nothing thinking of I either have a good day or a good week or a bad one. And we have really 
high expectations of doing something perfectly, you know, especially when it comes to things like fitness and nutrition. And so what I like to offer up is that it is not about that. It is not about being perfect, eating perfect. It is not about having that that good day or that good week. And it is 100% related to your willingness to not give up and to not stop and not discontinue the process. So if we operate with a little different mindset of each day is a day and each day provides me with information about myself, it can produce a drastically different outcome. So what I'm offering up is that at the end of each day, you spend even a couple of minutes to say, okay, what worked well? What didn't work well? You can talk about how things unraveled, think about how things unraveled. And that's okay. We're not coming at it from a place of judgment or this label of good or bad. We're coming at it from a place of reflection and this is information about the day. So once you can take your information from the day, you can say, man, I don't ever want to have that again. You know, you can make a choice that, wow, that day was a bit a bit hairy. And I think I would like this to be different tomorrow. And so with that relentless mindset of I'm going to figure this out and it might look a little different tomorrow. That's where we really start to see change. And again, this willingness to have days that completely unravel and keep at it. And I tell people all the time, especially with healthy eating, each meal is an opportunity to choose differently. We don't have to beat ourselves up over the day or the week or the month or whatever. We get to just choose a little differently the next time and we get to learn from the previous experiences. So each day we have these opportunities to learn. Each day we gain information about ourselves that can inform our next day. And it is completely freeing to not live in this space of beat myself up and be perfect, eat perfect, exercise perfect. Like that's really not what it is. It's really about having grace within those moments. And again, this willingness to not throw your hands in the air and say, I give up, I'm gonna try next year. I like to say that we are not defined by our current situation. We're not defined by our current circumstance. We're not defined by our genetics. There are always variables that we can positively influence when it comes to health and happiness. We've talked about wellness being a process. And as long as we stay committed to the process, we will keep moving forward. As living, breathing beings, we are here to adapt and change. And we will absolutely have demands placed on us. In fact, that's a fun fact. The definition of stress is a demand for change. So anytime life places a demand on you, there is the potential to become more capable. That is really how we adapt and become more resilient, right? Is being able to withstand this demand for change. And, you know, that's why we say not all stress is bad. Exercise is a form of stress. We are actually putting demands on the body that are allowing the body to become more capable, more resilient, but allows the body to change, right? I mean, you've all heard the term or the phrase rather, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. So I think this mindset of stress management, I don't like that word. 
I don't like the idea that all stress is bad. It's, it's really not. I actually think some stress is, is really beneficial. So we'll talk at length about that in, in upcoming episodes as well. All right. So I think for today, I would like to say, repeat after me, wellness is a process. There will be days that unfold exactly to plan. There will be days that unfold in a completely unexpected way. And wellness involves a willingness to adapt and to learn and to grow. And we are going to figure this out as we go, right? There are infinite ways that we can support health and happiness. And we will continue down this road when I see you next time for episode two.